This is Voice the Culture, a podcast for the modern day confused citizen. So, hi everyone. My name is Kelly. I'm Michelle. I'm Amy. And I'm Carolyn. Um, welcome back to another episode. This episode is going to be slightly different, slight, something special. We're doing a collaboration. Um, this is going to be part one of our collaboration with Made in Hong Kong, a podcast about two Hong Kong girls trying to, their best to figure out life in America. Please welcome Summer and Crystal. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hello. Thank Yay. you for having us. Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Would you two like to introduce yourselves individually so our audience is familiar with your voices? Mm-hmm. Um, I can go first. So this voice, hello, is Crystal. Um, and a little about me. Well, our podcast is called Made in Hong Kong. So we are from Hong Kong. <laughs> and um, I moved to the U.S. when I was 16 for high school. So for junior and senior of high school. And then I went to college here. And now I am here. I actually went back to Hong Kong last year for a year of um, for my master's program. And so now I'm back in LA. Um, I went to school in LA. And yeah, here I am. I've just been working on the podcast, uh, currently unemployed, <laughs> um, and just kind of living in the Padini. So yeah, it's been good. So hello, everyone. This voice is Summer. And just like Crystal, um, I'm also from Hong Kong, I feel like me and Crystal have like kind of somewhat similar experience where I moved to America in 2015 when I was 16 years old. So I went to high school in San Francisco for two years. um, And then I went to college, LMU, with Crystal in LA. And that's where we met. Um, So I just graduated last May. And right now, even though I'm employed, but I'm just doing a random job, um, I'm trying to get into a career that I really want to go into, which is UX. So I'm working towards that right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome to hear from you too. And I know unemployment can be a really big struggle, especially during the pandemic, but I hope you two will figure things out as they come along and not to stress too much. Um, So why don't we hop right into our question. So our first question, this is coming from you two as um, Asians from your native country in Hong Kong. And we are Asian Americans, so it's a little bit of a different experience. So I want to ask you guys, how do you exactly measure Asians? And what are the similarities and differences between Asians versus Asian Americans? I... I know there has been a lot of conversation, like especially on TikTok about Asian versus Asian American. And I feel like both experiences are so different. And I think me coming from Asia and being able to live here for like six to seven years now at this point, like I've seen both sides. Like I feel like, oh, cause I feel like I was able to integrate into the Asian American community really easily once I got here um, and especially in college. So I think that both experiences are valid and it just doesn't seem right to me that people are pitting you know like both experiences against each other I think I would say like growing up in Hong Kong like we practiced a lot of you know typical Chinese culture like celebrating all the festivals and all the very heavy Asian value oriented and so I think sometimes 
when like when I'm here it it is different and I see the difference but I still feel like I mean we're all just you know that's how Asian American is so different from like Asian Asian so it's like we can't compare those two um so I feel like it's unfair when people pit those two against each other because it's totally different yeah I don't know yeah I think um I agree with what Crystal said and I feel like the thought of also like measuring Asian-ness is very tricky because I feel like everybody has their own way of interpreting their own like Asian identity, right? Like we can't really measure how Asian are you. Um, I feel like even though like we call this whole experience, the Asian experience or Asian American experience, there's still like every individual experience is different. And we can't just like measure other people and be like, oh, like you're less Asian than the other person. And just like Crystal said, I do feel like the Asian Asian experience is different from the Asian American experience, especially when you grow up um, in a different country. I feel like you are going to be more ingrained into like the culture of your home country. You have more understanding about it. Um, But you can't say that like because of that like you're more Asian than other people because I feel like Asian American is like a totally different like separate set of things um and yeah I feel like it's also important to not lump both of those together because growing up in a different country I do feel like our experiences are different and it will be very much appreciated if people can be more aware about it and try to differentiate the similarities and differences between the two. Yeah, I think vice versa too, like being in college and learning a lot about social justice and like just like the systems in America, I feel like I tried to apply that to Hong Kong and try to be like pick apart you know, like analyze Hong Kong in the way I analyze the US, but I just realized like that's unhealthy because you just can't do that. Um, Yeah, so vice versa too. Like it just doesn't, it's hard. It's hard to compare or apply the same lens to it. Yeah, I feel the same way too. Like a lot of the times when I see like the social injustice in Hong Kong, like even there's racial injustice in Hong Kong and I'm trying to apply my American ideals onto Hong Kong. And sometimes I do think there are a lot of things that can be improved in Hong Kong, but it might not be fair because the circumstances are just so different. And also not only like in terms of social justice, um, I think a lot of times when it comes to like food and culture, public transportation, I always compare, I always complain how like Hong Kong is so much better than the ones here, but I think I also like recognize that like, you know, the culture here is very different. So I can't really compare both both of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Kelly just said it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Experience, it is. I've, I've only visited Hong Kong maybe once or twice, but it's definitely a lot cleaner in public transit. And I do, I did uh-huh. enjoy my time there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 How do you how do you guys feel about the whole Asia Asian Asian versus Asian American? 
I think that is like very like difficult to touch on as you guys said but it all kind of comes down to not tying people based on like material or very superficial qualities such as oh you're only Asian because you drink boba or you know like this history and like this tradition because not everyone had access to that but that doesn't detract from who they are and how they want to choose to identify if they have if they're ethnically and racially Asian then it's not for you as someone who's not Asian or even like Asian, Asian from the mainland to discredit that and try to, you know, try to force them to be someone other than who they are. And it's always, you always want to approach them with a mindset of sharing your culture and sharing what you grew up with and what being Asian means to you and sharing that with them rather than trying to uh, gatekeep necessarily and um, try to, you know, limit them. Yeah. At the end of the day, I feel like we just need to respect everyone and just coexist like I feel like it's not that hard but it is yeah for sure yeah so that brings us to our second question so you know how like in social media you know like Instagram and TikTok and such you see how there's usually arguments between Gen Z versus millennials versus millennials you know why do you think we're all so obsessed with such a generational difference I think it's partly because of technology because technology has changed so quickly throughout the last decade, like just a few years of difference in age, you can be growing up in like a totally different culture. I think for Gen Z, um, you all are all Gen Z, right? Right, okay. Well, maybe, I don't even know if I'm Gen Z or like Selenium. <laughs> Okay, but I feel like just by me, like I was a senior in my college and like talking to like the freshmen, I can feel the generational difference. Like they're like a lot more like hip and I'm just like calm, you know? Um, and I feel like they are a lot more in touch with maybe just my personality. I don't want to like generalize everybody's experiences, but they're like a, a lot more in touch with like social media, like social media is a lot more ingrained in their lives versus me. Maybe it's just me that is not as much ingrained. And I feel like because like society has also like changed so much throughout the last decades. And I feel like um, I didn't grow up um, here in the education system here, but I do think that the younger groups are the one who are really aware about social justice issue. Like in my last year um, in my Chinese American club at LMU, even though I was the vice president, um, I a lot of the social justice topics are being pushed by the younger members actually. I remember when I was sophomore year, I really wanted to push social justice issue, but it wasn't working because it wasn't as big before. Um, so I feel like with the younger generation, I don't know like how y'all educational experience was like, maybe they incorporate more social justice in the curriculum. I feel like Gen Z, they are overall like more aware of different social justice topic and more passionate about it. Yeah. 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 And I think not, I, I think with social media comes with like trends and I feel like trends just go come and go so fast now. And 
it, it's easy to, and then I don't know, like people just do the same trends, like in terms of like anything like fashion, like, like being politically active too. Like, I feel like it's so prominent within the younger generation now that it's easy to differentiate like like the differentiation is becoming more and more like easy to see um and I feel like even when I started college as a freshman like in 2016 I feel like the the difference between me and the upperclassmen wasn't that big in terms of like how he dressed and like our our interests and stuff like it was a very two like we grew up in the 2000s kind of thing but then yeah talking to like incoming students like I feel like then you see the stark difference because they really grew up in like you guys, I feel like really grew up in the social media phase and we just like hit the cusp of not having that. So yeah, it's just really different, even though it's only a few years. And I feel like, and I feel like having those differentiations in terms of labels, like also exacerbates that difference too. Um, I feel like whenever there are labels, people tend to, want to box themselves in even more too so yeah definitely social media though like it's so wild how people like two years younger than me are so different from me and also like the like sometimes I just think about how the incoming class they were born in like the 2000s and I was like oh my god (laughs) that's so weird yeah, what do y'all think about this question? Like, I'm curious about your Gen Z experience. I think I also definitely agree with what you guys said. Like, I think it's because of, like, the technological, like, advancements and such. I think that's why um, I feel like there are trends and such, you know, but I think it's just different now between, like, the generations because, yeah, like, with the thing, with the social media start, like, popping up, like, TikTok and such, I feel like um our trends could be like a little more different between them so I think that's why yeah I feel like that's why there's like generational differences and such yeah I wanted to you know kind of piggyback off of what Michelle was saying about like TikTok I feel like like especially with like social media like TikTok is was designed specifically to target a younger demographic so I feel like um like the oversaturation of like new trends um especially with like a with like a younger demographic makes sense like I remember like I was like in my early teens and like skinny jeans were pretty like like the thing and now it's like wide leg jeans and it was like that's only a few years have passed and it's already wide leg jeans so yeah I think it's just like a matter of like oversaturation and like how fast like these cycles of like what's going in and what's going out in social media um and like in terms of social justice like a lot of events will come in and then they will also go out in that same manner there will be a story and then there will be like a huge wave of coverage and like speaking out about current events in our in our world and then like maybe the next few days it'll like poof into the air and it will be hard to like bring up those topics because it's not as heavily talked about. Yeah, yeah. so you know how you guys also mentioned something about labels? I feel like that also sort of has something to do with this too, because I think 
uh, with labels we want we want to pride ourselves as like you know like the different generation you know we want to be like that generation that makes change i think that's sort of um i think some of us tend to end up like focusing more on that instead of like the social issue like itself to the point where it's sort of they, they don't really bring like awareness to like the issue itself it's they just sort of like they sort of end up making the attention about like our generation instead you know I feel like that's also sort of the concern for the, you know yeah for sure like political awareness and like political activism on social media is such a tricky line because I feel like it first of all like misinformation right like if you're just circulating the same information around like you have to fact check yourself whether it's right and like I love that you guys have been doing that especially like posting about Afghanistan too because yeah definitely people like post about it like and then it's gone like in a few days um and that's with so many things too like with API hate as well like I feel like it's still going on every day and it's not a trend to post it anymore um and I think that that's where I try to check myself whenever these things come across because I don't want to fall into the trap of posting it just because and posting it and feeling like, oh, I'm contributing, but like, am I really though? You know? So yeah, but it's, it's such a tricky thing. Um, and even now, like with TikTok, like there's so much information and like news information too, that comes from social media platforms that I'm like, I I need to constantly remind myself that this might not be true and it's like don't trust everything you read because then I'll like because like my parents do that (laughs) my parents just like watch YouTube videos and they're like this is real like listen to this and I'm like I don't think so like you can't just find like a doctor online (laughs) you know so yeah and and I I feel like it's kind of seeping into our generation because of it's easier to get information from like a 15 second TikTok than reading it on your own so it's kind of scary. Oh, um, and like, since you were talking about how like, it's easy to um, kind of be caught up in like the heat of the moment with like, um, you know, like social justice. Um, we actually wanted to know, like, since both of you are from Hong Kong and um, you've also had your experience living in uh, the US, do you think Hong Kong students are more, less, or just as politically active as USA students? And what do you notice about the level of education regarding social justice in both countries? I think it's a very different. Okay, um, first of all, like I do want to put out a disclaimer that, you know, like my education experience in Hong Kong is only up until 2015 and I think there are a lot of political changes in Hong Kong after 2015 like y'all know about the protests and stuff so I think like after that people are forced to be politically active but my experience only speak up until like 2015. Um, With that said I do feel like when I was in Hong Kong I wasn't exposed to a lot of like social social issue or even social justice issue i think in some sense sometimes we'll touch upon some social issue but a lot of times we only do it for studying for the exam like we're forced to learn about those things like we're forced to like memorize everything in the textbook so that i can perform well in the exam but not 
for social good. Um, if that makes sense, like we're not going. I don't really do. I don't think I did a lot of volunteering um, when I was in Hong Kong, and I, in general, I just wasn't introduced to a lot of the social justice issue when I like start studying here and like join a program where it's very focused on educating me about social justice, racial justice, and stuff. That's where I start learning about social justice. But hearing from my friends, um, I think people nowadays, because of the whole political movement in Hong Kong, um, I think people are more politically active. But at the same time, I think they're active in a way that they, they care about like the Hong Kong and Chinese politics, but not like social justice issue. Um, so I think that is still a problem in Hong Kong. And I think partly um, it's because of the education system and how intense it is. Like we really did not have time to maybe have and also have the space to talk about social justice issue. Yeah, I agree. Like when you were talking about how Uh, Yeah, people in Hong Kong, a lot of young people in Hong Kong tend to focus more on the China-Hong Kong, like, relations in terms of social justice, and, like, one thing that really shocked me when um, the election was going on was that a lot of people that I knew in Hong Kong were like, oh, vote for Trump, because Trump will support, like, Hong Kong's democracy, and it's very, like, one-faceted issue, like, one-faceted thinking, I feel like, because and you can't blame them. It's like, you can't, they don't really understand like the US context and it, it, because things were so intense in Hong Kong at the time and still is like, that's all they can focus about. And I see that in so many of the people that I know. So it just like blew my mind because like Trump is such a, you know, like no, no, like no brainer here, um, especially being Asian. So I was just like, <laughs> what? Um, but it is a very different context. And Growing up, I feel like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't have any social justice, like, conversations at all. We were forced into studying about, and even then, it wasn't, like, anything to do with race. I feel like it's different. Like, I feel like um, a lot of the issues we learned about was class, classism, um, and, like, homelessness, because there is a lot of that in Hong Kong. But I feel like there was no one to make you feel like you're an outsider like being Chinese in Hong Kong versus like coming here and feeling that like foreignness then I was more I think I experienced it and then I was like oh this is like really important to learn about systemic racism but then in Hong Kong like being the majority I feel like we are very in a very privileged position so we didn't have to care about that um there are definitely like minorities in Hong Kong too from other parts of Asia yeah and it's so sad that we don't focus on that and I didn't really learn about Hong Kong issues like in-depthly until like I went back for school like for my master's which is like such a like we're so old at that point you know like I'm like 23 yeah and it's kind of sad but it, it we yeah we really don't have time and like we would volunteer but volunteering would just be for to get into college and then it'd just be that there, there's not much motivation and I feel like once people start working 
And it's, I feel like work life in Hong Kong is so intense as well that there really isn't any time. Um, and career, people are very career driven. Um, and like Hong Kong is kind of like New York, I feel like. It's very like intense business um, environment. And so, yeah, people are prioritizing their their work. But I, I have seen people who are contributing to social issues too, especially like within social work. So that's really nice to see, but we definitely need a lot more of that. Yeah. And I think like adding on to what Crystal said about being the majority in Hong Kong, I feel like, yeah, we, we are very privileged. And also at the same time, I feel like a lot of the minorities or even the lower class families they're not very empowered to speak up about their own issues. Like we talk about domestic helpers um, in Hong Kong. They are still, they're very essential to Hong Kong economy, but people still have a lot of stereotypes and the system are designed against them so they cannot speak out for their own rights. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times, like, especially like just for the people who are around me, they just feel like for, for example, like the domestic helper, they feel like, oh, the ability for them to come to Hong Kong is already a privilege for them because they're coming in like a developing country. So even though if we don't treat them well in Hong Kong, they still feel like, oh, it's better than their home country. So it's fine. Yeah, I think that sentiment is also expressed widely here because everyone claims America is like the American dream, like everyone wants to come here. And so because many immigrants and low-income families come here already, they already feel grateful. And so they don't push that ceiling and that, you know, to take the next step and actually advocate for themselves. But I think in, in terms of like the difference between America and Hong Kong is that because Hong Kong is such a homogenized society, as you guys said, like you guys are the majority. It's very hard for these like racial and ethnic minorities to actually speak out because they don't see themselves represented versus in America. They have, it is more, you are more likely to find someone who looks like you on your TV screen or even representing your local office, but you may not necessarily connect with them. And that's why it's so important that we emphasize like education and incentivize it so that no matter like how busy um, we get as we older, it's always something that needs to be done, not something that you should only consider if it directly affects you. Hey everyone, this is Editing Carolyn here, and I just wanted to make another point on this topic before we wrap up the entire interview because I realized that I never talked about this in the actual footage that I'm looking it over. And I just wanted to add that since like a lot of students have access to social media and other platforms in America, I think they're starting to rely less on their history textbooks as their only source of information for learning about social cultural issues because in the age of technology it really isn't anymore people can and will actively educate themselves through research and having discussions with each other on social media and getting other people's opinions and learning from them as well history books leave out so much at least like from primary to high school textbooks about the racist history of this country so much of it is glossed over and almost never do they really emphasize the gravity of the damage being done i think with social media everybody can see that why get information from just one source written by like a handful of people who probably have prejudice against like some minorities when you can get other perspectives as well.
People are seeing how flawed their textbooks are and are taking it upon themselves to actually educate not only themselves but each other through conversation and such. And I think that's also why the younger generation is often more outspoken about social justice issues as well because they can see how education in school is trying to suppress minorities' voices and disregard their struggles. They see the attacks being made and are rejecting it. And I think that's pretty cool and badass. Um, that is it for our interview. Um, if you'd like to listen to part two of this episode, remember to click in the link of our bio to watch um, Made in Hong Kong's episode where we cover what it's like um, living in the Bay Area, staying socially active, and more. Thank you guys so much for having this interview sit down with us. It was very interesting to hear like all your different points. And, yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. Thank you.